Welcome to the Sparkles and Rhinestones pageant podcast, one of the leading pageant podcasts here in the UK, giving you all the advice and tips and knowledge that you may need in UK pageantry. Of course, my name is Hannah Golding. I am your host and the founder of Sparkles and Rhinestones, the author of The Ultimate Pageant Handbook, a current national title holder, past international title holder, and someone who takes on too many things at one time. Uh, so maybe professional clown juggler, maybe? I mean, things are pretty okay. <laughs> you know, I never know what to say in these intros. Things are pretty much okay just, like this weekend because I've woken up even though I've had hardly any sleep, but that's the insomnia. Um, and I don't have a, a deadline that's due this week. <laughs> the past... Four weeks I've had deadlines I've had each week. I have two more assignments for my first year and then we are done until a year because of how student finance is up. But that's that's not what you're here for. That's not what you're listening. Uh, but August is a very quiet time uh, for me in pageantry. September and October are very much booked. She is booked. Um... So it feels weird sitting here now, not much housework to do, um, I mean there's deep cleaning but no one wants to do that, surface cleaning at the moment, uh, <laughs> and I was like right we're going to do content day, well tomorrow today is literally ugly day, chill relax, I will watch pageant final, um, it's royal, this will go out tomorrow though so congratulations to the winners and I hope my girls are all good and I'm rooting for so many I'm just yeah it's weird you get FOMO when you watch uh online but it is needed um it very much is needed to do a content day to get lots of advice and videos there's so much I want to do with sparkles and it's just finding the right headspace because you know life's been busy and hectic and all sorts. So, you know, when Penelope starts school, <laughs> I shall have a, a tiny bit more free time. Um, not much, but still a tiny bit more free time. Um, so very excited about the things that we are planning. We have the Sparkle Discussions, um, which we have our first guest. Well, she's not going to be our first guest because there is a guest before her, but the first one that's been advertised is, of course, Beth from um, Queen Bee Training. And also congratulations to her because she is pregnant. Um, she will be talking all about pageantry and coaching. And I also have Felicia. Um, you all know who Felicia is. Um, she is an incredible woman and a veteran in pageantry. So we'll be talking and discussing you know, really important matters. So if you have any questions for either of these girls, um, these girls, just let me know. But this is not what the podcast is today. Today we are talking about the age old question of, you know, and we have previous podcasts talking about, you know, what it takes to be a pageant coach, why you should have coaching, all this sort of stuff. But I really want to discuss it a bit more. Um, you know, it's the, as it says in the title of this podcast, um, experience over crowns. Um, so we are going to discuss what actually qualifies a pageant coach. And this is where it gets tricky and also like why you would choose a coach and there should be a lot more input <laughs> from other coaches and you know pageant girls this is why I'm doing I'm opening up that discussion for you 
so please join in the conversation and it's definitely something we'll discuss on the sparkle discussions so there are no qualifications to become a pageant coach anyone who competes in pageantry can set up a coaching business um you know there are many ways of of setting it up uh you know do the right advertising take people's money uh and and there you go you can call yourself a coach or mentor you know whatever word you're going to use now this is where we go with the whole just because you've won a crown doesn't mean you can coach like you've won one crown and now suddenly you're a pageant coach you know um that's (laughs) that's not how it should go because how I won my crowns are completely different to how I've trained others to win their crowns. You know, what I've said in my interview is completely different. And I'm going to talk about some skills that are needed just through my personal experience of coaching and not just in a pageant like format, because I do have coaching qualifications. Um, but let's go through it all. So when you are picking your pageant coach there are many things to look at of course price is a big indication and this is one thing that's really interesting is just because someone and I get told off so many times my pageant friends um (laughs) so many times that I should raise my prices because I'm really cheap and I'm just used to being cheap girl (laughs) I'm a sheen pre-mark kind of girl I've actually been in pre-mark for such a long time now um that makes me really sad um but anyway the reason and I always state this the reason is it's always a conflict in my heart and my head and it's because pageantry for me will never become a full-time business um because you know it's it's a very fickle business and when I say that you know it's there will be some times where you'll have so many clients. Um, you know, like January, I was literally weekends were full of coaching. Um, and also for me, it's it's time as well because I don't have the weekdays to give to people. You know, Monday to Thursday. Sometimes I have Friday nights. Um, I don't have the weekdays those nights because I have a child climb around, and although I do do some sessions with Penelope here, I don't like doing it, um, and that's not, (laughs) it's like, sometimes it has to be done with finals coming, you know, trying to arrange a time, I do it to long-term clients, where they know me, they've got to know me, and I add extra time on, so, like, it wouldn't, if they've paid for a half an hour session, if Penelope is here, they usually get 40 to, to 50 minutes just because well depending on if she's interrupted or not (laughs) because that's what usually happens sometimes and she'll come in um (laughs) she'll do some drawings she'll ask some questions you know like when Chanel was preparing for internationals Penelope was definitely there was internationals or was it yummy I think it was yummy um yes and she came with drawings and she drew Chanel and she was asking her questions as well um (laughs) I'm just like yeah yeah, this is this is what I do on a daily basis. She likes the calls of the princesses, but also, you know, there has to be some professionalism into it. But anyway, yeah, I don't have the whole time to give, whereas others may do. Um, you know, for not everyone in pageantry, it's not their full time job. Same with directors. You know, there are only a select few directors that do 
have it as their full-time job. It's it's not as big as what it would be in America. There are coaches in America that just coach the whole time. Um, it's amazing. It's incredible. But this is where it's, it's uh, being savvy enough, if you are a coach, of finding different niches and how you can do things. Like, um, I'm going to use a couple of coaches here in the UK and myself. Um, so for myself, I have the additional preparation. So we have the handbook, we have the flashcards. Um, and we may have some online courses sometimes. Um, online I'm a bit iffy about as in like group courses. Um, because I feel sometimes group sessions are great. They really are as a one-off. Um and we have done the interview courses which helped so many. Um but there's always one that's going to miss one and like you want everyone to get the full experience. Um, but yeah, so we have the preparation side, like the workbooks and the flashcards and the handbooks. Um, an additional side to pageantry, which is something you need for prep. Um, and then you have Harriet, the crown coach. She has the crown camps, which is an additional side to her business, which is incredible because you know, you're there, which, which pageant girls don't want to, like, go away on a group, like, holiday, you know, like, you're there for two, two and a half days, I think, um, and then you arrive in the afternoon, I'm not sure about the logistics of times, but, you know, they have additionals of the shoots with Charlotte's, like, so you can get headshots, like, you know, a pageant event that has a headshot, um, that has, you know, group coaching and you can book one-to-one and all the other stuff it's it's a fun thing it's additional as well as of course you know merchandise um because we all have tote bags and I adore the cups and I keep getting told that I need to do stuff like this and if it's already out there do you need another one well actually I'd say yes because I have like a million Starbucks cups but um (laughs) you know for me I'm happy with what I do and the cups are gorgeous colors so you can see that it's not just about the online coaching there's you know group days and then you know there's the merchandise and other events the same with other coaches in the UK will have group training days um or group sessions and then that's where you can pick up one-to-one clients you're giving them like a, a tester session um you know, for us, for Sparkles, we do the confidence sessions and those just all go to charity. So just a charity event. Um, and then should people want to have additional training, that's where obviously you come to one-to-one and the money just gets feeded back into pageantry, let's be honest, with my <laughs> spending habits. Um, for pageants, I've bought so many outfits recently because of all the events. Just looking right now at some Sparkles. Um, <laughs> that's why I keep it all separate in there. Um so yeah I'd love it to be full-time um but that's not possible um and right now I've literally lost the point I was making I'm just going off on like the great benefits of UK so yeah so when you are picking your coach you're looking at prices and that's what I was saying about there we go I've come full circle the prices I put and it's because I believe that everyone should have access to coaching whether it's just one session you know one session at 20 pound and sort your life out great I'm going to tell you how great this is because the current Ms Atlantic and also Dion who came first runner-up obviously she's one Mrs Atlantic now she had she'd been to our sessions beforehand 
our like confidence sessions and we had an interview session literally the night before her finals and she won best in interview um because <laughs> I just need to sort her head out the same with Miss Atlantic um you know she had followed the page and you know listened to these podcasts and videos and after our session because obviously we didn't have much time like to book any more in before Atlantic um because some people do book quite late and then they realize they actually need a couple more this is actually <laughs> our Mrs. Galaxy UK in 2020, Natalie. She um, booked one just to clear her head. She's like, oh, I'm going to book more. And the same with um, internationals, actually. Um, it was trying to, when she decided she was going to go back, fit it all in. She won best in you. And she's incredible. I love her so much and what she does. She's just an incredible human being. Um, can't wait to give her a squeeze, even though I don't hug people. I just think she she deserves a hand hug. Um, but let's go back to what I was saying. Um, sometimes you just need one session to sort your head out. Um, some people need a few sessions. Some people have once a month, but even just one, just to kind of sort where your head is going. Like if you're thinking about a campaign you want to do, if you're thinking about, um, what your platform is going to be, because some people will drag a platform out that doesn't suffice them at all. Um, and what I will talk about in a minute is, you know, what you get in these sessions and what is entailed. Um, so price is a big indicator and experience in crowns. So I think a lot of people will just choose a pageant coach because they're popular right now. Um, they will choose the coach based on have they won in that system? Um, have the system actually recommended them? Now, a system's recommendation can be a tricky, a tricky situation. Um, so there are some recommended coaches who have never won that system. Um, and there are sponsors. Now, for a sponsor, of course, you're going to advertise your sponsor. I mean, some don't. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to advertise that sponsor to your contestants. You're going to allow them to have that. There may be a discount involved. You know, um, for myself, we say we, myself, I used to be the sponsor coach for Yummy. Um, and the reason I am is because I've won two Yummy titles and two YMI titles. Um so that way it comes to the experience and the crowns and I, you know, like the proof is in the pudding sort of thing. Um, but I have coached systems, as I said, Galaxy, I've never been to International Galaxy, but I have coached girls who have placed, um, and we said one best interview, also coached girls on different international stages and coached girls on national stages that I've never stepped foot in. Um, you know, coaching is is very much adaptable. But this is because I have, you know, next year I'll have 13 years experience in the pageant industry. Um, and also I'm just <laughs> a really nosy person in pageants. Um, it's just me. I like to know what's happening. So like, and I don't mean that just for the goss. Um, that's what I'm not saying at all. I like to know about people's platforms and like the systems and, um, you know, different information. Like I love reading a finest pack. Oh my goodness. Um, <clears throat> I've read lots of different pageant books and anything that has pageant in it, like I am there. Um, but so we're going back to the crowns and years. So 
there are some coaches who may have had um, a lot longer years than myself, maybe, um, but haven't won anything. You know, there are people in pageants who competed for many years and not won. Um, or they may have won just one title. Um, depends on the title, of course. There is that hierarchy of what what counts as a as a good title to to win. Now, I always feel that any crown you have, you still, unless it was a crown that was awarded to you, as in you bought it. So it's a state appointed title. And what that means is that there are like internationals. So let's go, for example, for Galaxy, for Yami, Royal, um, Peel, all the international titles that us, you know, we send, Regency as well. Um, every title like every international system will have a state appointed title or they might have um nationals or you know state pageants what we call over here regionals um which are there are very rarely any regionals anymore and this is due i think more to the amount of competitors that can compete and area and location because you know Miss GB had I think three or four um, regional heats, maybe more now. Um, and what that is, is basically there's a small area or big area <laughs> and a number of competitors will compete and they win that and then, then they get go to the nationals. Whereas the state appointed title or your national titles, like myself, so I entered UK's National Miss and when I was accepted, I applied for the Wiltshire title. So... How that works is, it's basically first come, first served. So if another girl had come in and paid before me, it wasn't happening this time round because, you know, I had that money saved for when we got the acceptance letters, which I've heard through the grapevine, or through emails even, I've seen the uh, emails that next week will be when all you girls are getting your pageant call weekender emails if you've been entering. Um, So, of course, super excited for you. Um, But... You know, if someone had paid before me, paid their deposit and wanted the Wiltshire title first, it'd become first come, first served. They would get the Wiltshire title. I would then apply and I would most likely go for Swindon. If Swindon had <laughs> been taken, um, maybe I would have gone for, you know, West Swindon or West Wiltshire. I think I'm in West Wiltshire. Which um, <laughs> is a big county. Um but yes, so, you know, you see the subdivisions here. So when you see um, international titles in America, now you may see Texas, um, but you also see like Lone Star. Um, and, you know, it's, you'll have those little, I say little because they're not little, um, but, you know, Texas is the state and then there's, um, you know, you have Houston and other cities and, um all of those sort of things. So that those titles are bought unless you had the regionals. So if you bought that title, in a way, you did earn it because you paid for it. It's yours. 
but you can't have bought all the titles and then tell someone that you can get them to win to like to win the title that you have when they can because they can just instead of giving the money to you <laughs> they can give the money to that system and buy that title um if you see where I'm going with that um there'll be of course some pageants that have like heritage titles so you can buy a heritage title and compete um you know or they'd won their national like with galaxy you have the uk and canada um which i was so blessed to co- uh, to interview last year interview judge <laughs> i was judging them that was a long that was a long weekend super excited to see um the national finals um for them cindy always does such a great job she's such a great director and the same with holly as well like she's built the system up so much here um it's so huge and you know same with australia they have a national director and you know you you go through that heat first before you go to the internationals we all know like how to say that but when it comes to some american uh, pageants they will have different things like that so anyway so if you've bought your title you that doesn't really qualify you to then coach others. If you bought that title and then you won your international or you won the national, um, you know, you had to get to a point to obviously win. Um, I always think if you won your title, you should wait at least a year afterwards or maybe wait to your second title to start coaching. Um, and that is because you then get to use the experience of being a queen because... You can coach someone up to a point of winning the title, but how do you coach them for after if you've never been a queen and you've never experienced being a queen? Um, and people may question this, but there's an additional part. You shouldn't stop planning and coaching just because you have won. Sometimes it's good to sit down with your coach afterwards. Okay, cool. I've won this. What do I do now? You know? And we may sit down with you and plan out your year, you know, like, you said you were planning to do this, let's put this in action, let's look at this, let's look at that. Um, So there's always, like, yeah, there's always that, there's, you don't stop just because you've won. But that doesn't mean you're, you know, you're going to be training for interviews and stuff, but it may do, compare, like, depending on the ties you have, you may need some media training, um, you know. Or how how confident can you get, um, like, if you're being interviewed and you want to get certain parts out, so a coach can help you with that. Um, depending on, you know, <laughs> I remember when I won Miss Sundan many years ago, um, I was meant to win a media training course, never got to, uh, in the end, that was quite sad, um, but I was super excited about that, I mean, I never, <laughs> I was, I appeared in the paper a lot as Miss Sundan, but, um, never like any media stuff but I feel like when I was talking to the BBC and ITV and all of that media stuff this year the training I've had well not the training I've had the training I've given out obviously tips that I can take myself and training myself I know that what parts I want to talk about what I don't want to do um so <laughs> with that yeah you need to have experienced like both sides um, I do feel, so there are pageant queens that maybe have won one or two crowns, yes, but they have judged a number of different pageants. Um, 
I feel they are very good potential coaches because you have to have seen the other side of the like panel table basically you may have been the one to sit down being interviewed you may have won the crown but do you know what it takes like what you know what other people are looking for um you only have your side so you only have like what it took for you to win you don't have okay what are the different elements what actually are they looking for um so being on the judging panel and I mean this in the best way but like on national pageants not just um like charity pageants charity pageants are great but there's not um there's not like that urgency as in like you're basically judging like who's best on the day you're not judging for the future so like for charity pageants you're basically judging yeah who who's lighting up the stage the most like if there is an interview portion like how is it sounding you know with the expectation is like you get that crown that day and that crown will never leave your house again um that is the expectation of a charity pageant um it's non-contracted so the judging is quite different because if you're judging a national pageant that goes into nationals, you need to know that the person in front of you is prepared um, or is willing to put in the work, someone who knows who they are as well as what they can offer. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily saying that someone who's been proactive, but there needs to be something about them, you know. Like, you can enter a pageant last minute and win. It's been done been done many times um and that's because it's the confidence that that person themselves has you know installed in themselves and the knowledge that they know that they can bring something to this title regardless of how long they've been in the system I know sometimes everyone's like oh like it shouldn't be that way and it's like but you want the person who is that cash for too you know directors like want someone who is going to work hard and be proactive and love their system um but also you have to judge fairly and judge who's best on that day. And yeah, even if you've been in that system for a year and someone swoops in after two weeks, unfortunately, that's how that's how pageantry is, you know. I will <laughs> I I've had this done to me before, and as I said, I remember someone who entered two or three different heats before entering the Wiltshire one and then I was first were up to her and she never stepped foot in my county again and if you're listening you won't be because you're not interested in that anymore. <laughs> still hashtag forever bitter um hence the the Cardi B quote in there um but no like it it happens but you know <laughs> Rather than dwell on it, lol. Just a flashback coming back now. No, you know, you move on, you go to another system, or you try back for the same system because if you truly want that title, you're going to go for it. Um but moving back to the coaching, so you look for someone who has experience. And as I said, experience, experience doesn't just mean how many crowns you've won, you know? Experience to me means placements as well. So if you've won two crowns straight off the bat, that's great. Um and I want to look at my year, like I want to look at their years, I want to look at what they actually achieved, because as I said, crowns look really pretty, but I think it depends on how, as I said, how you see pageantry and how you see yourself as a pageant queen. If you're being taught by someone how to win, but not the aftercare, it is, it's kind of like, because they did nothing with their title, they won it and they've done nothing, you know, 
you're only getting half of the coaching. Um, but let's get back. Yeah, experience also means like those judging panel moments, national, um, being on a national panel, you know, number of different systems. Like, um, if when I judged a national pageant before, it was great for next year when I was coaching girls from that system because I'm like, okay, I've seen the judging criteria. I've seen what they're looking for. I see what you're being scored for. Um, so I can tell you that inside knowledge. Um, and if I don't know that knowledge, I will ask. I am not afraid to ask whether it's directors or judging <laughs> people who have judged. I'm like, you know, what was the criteria of what you were looking for? Like the scoring, what were you scored on? Um, I always ask about the percentage because I want to know. Because I see that if your percentage is 50% for interview or 40%, you need to be, that needs to be like a really big focus because that's literally half your marks. Um, <laughs> literally half your marks. Of course, you still need to put the same preparation in, but, you know, you know, 10% here, 5% there, 50% is a big portion, um, you know, so <sighs> judging experience is there, and then we go on to the qualifications, so, um, and of course the legality, um, of everything, like, for example, um, DBS checking, is DBS or DBR, used to be CBS, it basically is, <laughs> it basically checks for, um, any criminal, activity that you may have participated in um it's, it's a safety thing for like especially if you're working with children um i have mine i renewed mine recently as well because i lost my certificate um but it's a basic one but beforehand i had the advanced because i used to do a lot of work with children obviously i worked in personal training and um as a lifeguard as well so need to be covered all basis um insurance like public liability insurance first aid so these are i think very needed for um face-to-face -face sessions um so for me um i always have a couple of policies um i obviously don't do face-to-face -face coaching anymore um but for me and especially virtual as well so for me uh if they are under 18 there needs to be a parent um i want to speak to the parent first um to make sure they're in the room and usually they do and it's always the the verbal consent sometimes written consent as well of you know are you happy um to have like for me to have this video chat with your child i would do it on their phone um or their profile and yeah it's it's making sure that everyone is comfortable um you know and always give the feedback to the parents as well as the child so they know what to work on when it's a face-to-face -face, obviously having that safety so if you get injured <laughs> you know you could sue um all about the safety and it's, it's all about it's about you know the safeguarding of children if you are under 18 i always say as well even if you're over 18 when we had covid it was very restrictive of course so only one other person was allowed it's like but if you need someone else that's absolutely fine um 100 percent happy like if there was videography taken um it's so it's in the like 
conditions. I said these may be used for advertising. Um, so if you would not like that, let me know. Um, however, I quickly realised that I didn't really want to use people's walks unless they were comparing. So I would record the walks and just send them to the girls themselves. Um, and we're right here you go. And then they might record their winning walks and then compare the two. Um, they have footage there and then I can use that afterwards should I wish, but but we don't do that anymore. We just do the group sessions um now. <laughs> uh but yeah, there's 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 all of that as well, you know, um being registered and um all of that. So it's it's more of a safety for you as well, because if you're putting your money into someone, um you don't want them to run off with it, do you? And this is why as well we only do two rates and that is the single session and the four pack because if you're buying loads of sessions in advance sometimes it's a great deal you want to save money um but <laughs> like what if that person just stops coaching what if they leave the country what if they can't fit you in you know it's happened before um it's the same when pageants just up and stop and they've taken your money and you've got no product. So this is why, as I said, it's it's great to do bundles sometimes, but I think you have to be careful of how many sessions you're booking in. Um, and, and yeah, different payments. I just, that's my personal opinion. I think that, you know, more than four, we used to have a five and obviously we changed, so it's just four. Um... But like it's it's uncomfortable keeping track as well. It's really hard to keep track sometimes. Um, so I think it's best for both of you because you know if if I was to not if I was just to stop coaching or like if I had something happen to me, which I have before, <laughs> um, you know it's so I can fit them all in before your final, rather than something happens to me and I've got you've got like seven sessions and your finals next week. I mean, it could be done. <laughs> Intense training. Um, but anyway, so then we go on to qualifications. So I don't think any person in pageantry asks about any pageant trainers' qualifications. None of you do. Um, I've never been asked what qualifications I have um, as a coach. But I do say them. I do tell you. So maybe you just have seen my videos. You're like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, so... <laughs> I think some coaches list off, um, like, their degrees as well. And if it's not relevant to what we're teaching, it's not needed. Like, I've got a degree in classical history. Is that needed in pageantry? No. Unless, you know... No, there's not. It could be a quiz round. <laughs> I mean, my second degree in psychology of counselling could be applicable to a few platform questions. Um, but it's not. What qualifications I do have that will help me in being a pageant coach is the following. I have a level two and level three diploma in um, personal training and fitness. 
exercise instructor. That's level two. Personal training is level three. Now, how how does that apply? How does that apply, Hannah? So with the coaching, not only was there just like nutritional and obviously bones and body, and I can it is a good advantage actually as a personal trainer for when it comes to walks because I can identify you know weaknesses uh, in your body which you can improve with exercise to help better your posture and help better your walk. However, we don't give out that advice anymore because I have not got my um, PT insurance and I don't be, I can give you advice. Like I say, that's, it's up to you whether to take it. Um, <laughs> if I don't do one-to-one sessions um, in a personal training capacity. But with that as well, I also had to be um, marked and scored on my coaching skills. I had to devise plans, <clears throat> I had to go through the SMART goals, um, I had to be assessed on how I was speaking to the client, what advice was I giving them, what, what was I doing, you know, how I was conversing, I had to have that a number of different times. Um, because there are some people where you can actually get your qualifications online for PT, you can do a course very quick. Um, I chose the in-house training say in-house I wasn't part of a gym then but you know in-person training should we say because I feel it's better to learn that way for something that's going to be very physical and hands-on and I don't think I would learn that from just doing it online um so I have those um qualifications also for children I have um, my diploma in childcare and member q and playwork now, these don't really seem like qualifications you would apply to be in a, a pageant capacity, but this is how I coach the little ones, because one is knowing about their development um, and attention spans, uh, <laughs> but how they respond to coaching and how they respond to different things. Um, so, you know, obviously face-to-face I don't do anymore, but like for little ones, there's a number of different activities that I've done for them to be able to, to get the right routine. Um, when it comes into as well, it's just engaging different conversations and allowing them to have that safe space um, to talk about the stuff they want. And because a lot of questions for little ones will just be general questions, there might be a couple of pageant questions that slip in. Um, but yeah, it's just making them feel comfortable so that when they do sit in a panel of judges, they're going to have that same you know, fun conversations. Um, <laughs> and little ones are very interesting with their training. But, you know, those that experience and those qualifications have helped me in how I can talk to little ones. It also teaches you a lot of patience when you work with children. A lot of patience. Um, patience that sometimes I don't have with my own child, but <laughs> with other people's children, I have all the patients and the adults. Um, <laughs> the adults. Um, I also do have a qualification in life coaching and mentorship. Um, and I'm not going to lie, this course was really easy and was done online. And it could be done in a few hours. And I think that although it's a good thing to mention, um, it, it didn't give me any additional information to what I need. So those are all my qualifications that can help me towards coaching, but I'm going to talk about the qualities of a coach now, which will really help. So patience is, is a really big one. Um, and this is why, as I said, not everyone can be a pageant coach. You can be a pageant queen and win, uh, and you can give advice to others on how to win. But when it comes to the coaching side, it's so much different. So you need to have patience because you're going to be explaining a lot of things 
at different times and sometimes for some people you may need to explain a bit more in different contexts you need to break things down because when you do sessions not every session is the same sometimes it feels like it is the same the amount of times you're repeating things um but it is not <laughs> um there are different ways um so patience it's a virtue um <laughs> But yeah, patience is a big one. It's and having empathy and understanding. So this is kind of like um, checking your ego at the door. So a person has come to you for coaching because they feel that you are the best fit for them. We're not going to talk about whether they just thought because you were cheap um, or because you're the in one or they feel like they have to book with you because you've won the system. Um, <laughs> it's more of... Um, you know, they've done all that, and, you know, some, sometimes people can be, and this is going to sound really big-headed, like, starstruck, um, and there we go, that was the biggest head moment ever on this podcast, but I say this because I get starstruck sometimes with some pageant girls, I'm like, oh my god, I can watch your journey, I love it, um, but, you know, you've finally booked in, you've had it, and then you're like, oh my god, what do I say? And sometimes you feel a bit more additional pressure. Um, and I'm actually going to compare this to um, when I was a PT, I had a lot of clients who would book me because I had a normal body type, because they felt intimidated by the more um, fitter physique, shall we say. Um, like, I had the stamina, body not so much now. Um, but they felt more at ease. They thought they could be themselves. And they didn't feel like they, you know, were going to be judged. Um, it's an ease of comfort. And I do think this applies in pageantry sometimes. Um, because you can see such a big thing on the internet of a pageant queen who has done so much. Or, you know, is always on there. But they don't have the same warmth that has to convey through like a virtual session or someone might feel really intimidated by that because you know, they really want to achieve that same level um and I don't really think there's um any in the UK now like that um might be maybe a couple um but I know all the coaches that I know that are currently practicing right now are really warm people um they're people's people you know there may be the online um presence but you know, when you speak to them, you're like, oh my God, yes, I could do this. Like, it's having that relatable content. And, you, and you know, there are lots of coaches who are relatable. Um, I think it just, yeah, I think it just depends. Because, you know, because some people think I'm relatable, but also they think I'm really strict, <laughs> straight to the point. Um, because you don't want yes people, okay? Not when you're coaching. Um, so, yes, it's leaving that ego at the door and letting the client shine. Um, and you may put in some funny stories about stuff that you've had during pageantry, um, you know, to make them feel a lot more comfortable, uh, you know, you may talk about what you may say in the interview, but you don't want to make it all about, like, if I was this, I would say this, I would say this, like, you have to take, um, for me, I take, like, their answers, and their information, and I will give them an example answer based on them, so not myself, sometimes they hear me and they're like, oh, how would you answer this? I'm like, okay, pressure, pressure. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it, it's all about having that fun in an interview session, 
but making sure that you still feel you know going out of session that you are that you have learned something and you've paid good money for that rather than you know money to chat to your a, a friend um although most of my sessions sometimes are like that that's why they go on longer that's why I have a book I always book an hour out um rather than half an hour sessions because sometimes it is just catching up um but with that yes so it's making sure you have empathy making sure you have the time set and scheduled we all know that life can be uh complex sometimes but make sure that's dedicated time um for the client and the client only as i said earlier like only long-term clients who like know about my situation with penelope i say situation i'm a mum <laughs> that's the situation but like she might be around like in the background like if that's the time slot they really want then you know they are aware but the times that i don't you know is a nice secure quiet location which is basically my desk which has all the shiny earrings um staring at it um <clears throat> but you know not when you're driving not when you're at an event um I've had it before when some people I'm coaching when they're on public transport um or they're waiting for like they're on trains and it's <laughs> it's very hard to do that you have to you both have to have that you know comfortable comfortable space uh but anyways yep so they need to be knowledgeable and you know said knowledgeable different systems so not just clinging on to the information they have um you know it's not like okay i know the system inside out so i'm going to give you and teach you the ways of that system now there are no same systems in pageantry there may be similar things what they're looking for but um this is where i say like don't mold to a pageant system but yeah, I'm not going to teach you, like, for example, if a pageant doesn't really have a strong platform base, I'm not going to say all your interview needs to be platform, 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 platform. Like, I'm not going to force you to do that just because, like, for me, platform a platform is a huge part of my pageant journey. And that's another thing about being a coach is, is separating your pageant journey from their pageant journey. Um, so I actually had it the other day when I was talking about... Um, when people have separate, you know, it's it's a thing in, in sociology. Um, I did a a course on it well, a very long time ago, but <laughs> it was fascinating. We say how we have different hats for different parts of our lives. So for me, my my hats, my fabulous sparkly hats, you know, there's me being a mum. There's me being a pageant queen. There's me being a uni student. There's me being a pageant coach. There's um me being not a girlfriend <laughs> at all um you know there's me with my different interests and you're you know if you separate yourself with all of these um you know sometimes it's great to merge some of that together especially when it comes to your interview because if you're if I was just in the interview and I was going pageant 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 you only know me as a pageant queen you don't know anything else about me whereas I say pageant pageant mom pageant uni life pageant um you know something randomly out of the blue which links to personality like it gives you more depth i'm not gonna say the onion like thing we all love we all love shrek shrek is life um <laughs> shrek is love but you know there are layers to a pageant and there's layers to you you're not just a plain bit of bread you know, put some butter on you, or you've got seeds in there, 
or I'm just thinking about bread now, aren't I? It has some really good bread in America, which tastes like chocolate, and I really want it again. It's a cheesecake factory. Ugh, but anyways, back to the point in hand. Coaching. So knowledge, so, so important. And also, I think that, as I said, with, like, the checking the ego at the door, there's having a confidence, but also a nice, humble attitude. By saying, like, I'm the best. I'm going to get you this. I'm going to do that. Um, I'm better than everyone else. Like, us coaches have different qualities. We have different specialities per se um you know I can teach you how to walk um but someone might be able to do that better because everyone has different needs and abilities and you know different ways of gelling not everyone is going to get along with me and I'm at peace with that sometimes um (laughs) you know the VPD in me wants to be like loved by everyone and then it's also like well no it doesn't matter um (laughs) but just casual casual there but yeah like it's working together rather than like this is what happens when it comes to talking about like wins and it's like yeah I made this person win whereas you know with as I said earlier with Natalie winning best in interview she also did train with Queen Bee um Beth so she had two different trainers um so I'm not going to say it was my training alone because it wasn't because there are other aspects and this is what having additional coaches helps and also why although it's nice to have pageant awards also, as I said, different demographics, different bonding experiences, different pageants, different people. Um, it's having those qualities to help a number of different people who are not just the same. So you're not teaching everyone the same walk, the same pattern. You know, you're teaching them different techniques. You're teaching them how to be confident. You're teaching them, you know, different ways of posture and you know, making the judges love you when it comes to interview, you know, you're not just teaching everyone to say the same things over and over again. You're looking for little individual sparks of personality to add into different answers. Um, you know, some will have platforms, some won't. Some have thought <laughs> about what they want to do and some haven't. You know, and being a coach is not just just because you have won, it doesn't mean you can help other people win. Um so if you have just won one crown or two crown, I really do feel that pageant coaches should have at least, you know, I'd say four years of pageant experience. And you can be, as I said, you can be a coach and not step foot on stage, but it's about the experience. So maybe you're a pageant mum, or maybe you're involved in pageants, you know, working on the sides, um, sponsors, there's so many like different layers to it um and also I think these years they need to be active years active years I think I've said this on the the red flag one um but if you want a crown so for example um I've always been active (laughs) for my sins um but if like let's say handover in um handover in July because the dates have been announced and then I disappear from pageant world for five years it's not gonna happen the Kanye it's not gonna happen um 
oh, my life is just such a meme right now. Um, but you don't see me for five years, and then I randomly pop up again. I'm like, okay, cool. Five years, I've done what I need to do. I'm back in pageant land. When I say this, I mean, like, like you literally, like, Sparks and Rhinestones was dormant for five years. Nothing was posted, no podcast, no coaching, nothing. I just went away. I disappeared. All traces, unless you're in Swindon and you see me all the time. Actually, you wouldn't, because I'm just in my house all the time. Um, <laughs> but, and then I started coaching again. I can't, like, you can't get off on the same foot if you've been away. And I say this because five years is a long time in the pageant industry. Like, if you've not kept up, if you've not been to a final, if you've not... It's it's a long time because, as I say this, like, for 13 years, to the first... When I first started in pageants, appearances weren't really a thing. Platforms are non-existent. Um, you know, there was some knowledge of experiences, but, like, for example... When I was a Miss London finalist, I never got a sash. It was just straight away at the finals. So there's no appearances in the lead up. You were expected to do charity work though. Um, but you wouldn't have a sash. <laughs> so like you could just obviously just, you can always fundraise without a sash. I'm not saying that, but you know, it's like there was nothing linking you to that competition. So no finalist sash. Um, so yeah, appearances weren't really a thing. <laughs> As such, there were pageants that did. As I said, when I did Galaxy in 2011, so I joined in 2010, it's the second system I joined. And I read that pack inside out and I was like, yes, I will be wearing that sash inside out. Um, I did. I don't I don't think I didn't order enough one, but it needed to be trimmed a lot. It was very frayed by the end of it. That's why it's in the frame now. Um but fashion trends have moved on. Um there are many different pageant finals now. Platforms are now a thing. Advocacies. There are additional rounds, you know. Um, there are also, you know, paperwork that comes with some pageants. Whereas before, you could just turn up on the day. Now you may need your folder. You may need a pageant CV. You may need a resume. You may need a scrapbook. You may need a lot of different things that may have been sent beforehand. Um <clears throat> So there is so much more that's involved. And that's over, as I said, 12 years. Like, I don't think the platform thing really came into effect until about maybe like 2017, 18, slowly did. Um, and then, of course, well, we, we the pandemic definitely brought a lot of new platforms out um, and focusing on online stuff. You know, ways of fundraising, ways of going about with the pageant finals, like, it changes so much um, and you need to be involved in that because there could be some, there, well, there are some people who think that you have to be thin to win a title and you have to lose weight because they think that you're being judged on your measurements. I'm not even going to talk about what is happening right now with the current Miss Universe because it's actually disgusting and it just shows like how diverse the UK pageant scene is because no one's questioned me. Well, people have questioned me before because of my size of how I'm going to make a good pageant queen. Um, I had that after Yemi. I had that from contestants' boyfriends. Um, and other people. And it's like, they obviously did more than the person who won anyway. 
that's not that wasn't a deciding factor because <laughs> it wasn't a judge. But it's like my size doesn't is not going to stop me doing appearances. It's not going to stop me. I was literally <laughs> a week before giving birth doing appearances and after. So cut that crap. Um, and what's happening? Yeah, people think that just because she's gained a bit of weight that she can't fulfill her duties as Miss Universe, even though she is literally doing that and traveling and being incredible and she's a beautiful soul. And I just hate that people are like that. Um, and that is someone's perception on pageants. But, you know, a lot of these people are stuck <laughs> in the 80s. They are. They're stuck in the 80s, the views that you need to be thin to be beautiful. Um, that you have to be a full-bodied woman. Um, you know, so you can't be a trans woman. Even though they're slyly put away the fact that, you know, a lot of countries have had um, some cosmetic surgery to enhance the natural beauty. Um however you can't be trans like how crazy is that um there's there's no logic to what they say at all uh, so they're stuck they're stuck in that mindset so if you have not been in an active part for so long it's the same with like you know if you're giving out fashion advice you need to be ahead of the trends, don't you? You need to know about the trends. Like, I'm not a fashionable... Well, I like to think I'm quite fashionable, but, you know, it's... When you are helping someone with fashion choices, it's... I look at... So this is why when everyone says, like, there is the whole thing of, like, oh, why do people say that you can't wear black on stage? Um, And they say, because the judges can't see you. And obviously, we all know that's a lie, because the judges can see you. The lights are there. Mine is, is because of the, <laughs> it's because of the lights, it's because the background, if it's a black background, the photos are not great, the photos are not great, and it's actually, as I said, one of the reasons why when I wore my fashion wear, I wanted to wear a black dress, and I said I'm going against all my advice, because I wanted the high-low to be the big factor in the photos, because I knew the judges could see me, they literally saw me, they saw the nail falling off, they saw everything, <laughs> They saw everything. Um, but <laughs> apart from that, like, there's loads of conflicting pageant advice that people have. And, like, it's all about knowing your body shape. And if you are teaching someone fashion advice, it's all about knowing their body shape, knowing what works for them, the colours um, that they can work with, and making it pageant appropriate. And also knowing the system, because there are systems that do have the fingertip rule or ones that, you know, you, you're not going to give a teen a really low, like, v-neck, are you? Um, is age appropriate or strapless for juniors um, and when I say this I mean like no like off the shoulder I mean like completely strapless and I don't know why this is a thing but you know it makes a junior look very old um, and some judges are old school they they might not like that um, especially if you can get away with like really bold colors when you're younger I mean you can when you're older as well but like they just seem to have so many more cute dresses um, but anyways, like that's another thing. Cause I said, I'm not, I'm not the best when it comes to like, I give the best advice I can to my clients about outfits and I've showed them, especially if they're my size. Um, <laughs> we, we have very much fun looking at different outfits. Um, but it has to suit the girl. Then they have to be able to walk in it. They have to feel comfortable in it. And if you are not, if you are only like, sh- dressing people based on your size um 
then this is the one thing. The one thing it gets me is like, because I am the only plus size pageant coach out there, and that means like I'm not restricting myself just to plus size girls, but I do have an advantage when it comes to plus size girl in fashion because I'm a plus size girl myself. That doesn't mean that I can't give a slender woman, it's the same with a slender woman giving a plus size girl like clothing advice. It's just down to, you know, if you're offering brands and they only go up to a certain size, and it's about redoing really research. I said, I'm not a stylist. We already have an incredible pageant stylist here in the UK. Um, <laughs> so if you need fashion advice, you can go to her. But also, if you need, if I'm training my clients, I will give them some advice should they ask for it. You know, every coach should be able to have something like that. Um, there are coaches that design their outfits for their girls. Like, there's loads of different things. Um but then with that, do you need to be qualified in fashion? It's the experience, isn't it? Like sometimes it's the experience of actually working in fashion shows and working in the fashion industry and all this sort of stuff. And that's the thing. You don't ask them what their qualifications is because you're looking at their work and you're like, yeah, I don't like that. Um, and that's the thing of pageants as well. Like what makes a pageant coach is you're looking at their results and you're looking at, you know, what they do and what they've done. So experience is a very big part compared to just the crowns I'm like urge you girls when picking your coach is not just to look at the crowns that the person has won um it's looking at like their involvement in the pageant industry um so as I said judging panel um and as I said when we go with the crowns like to win a crown, you've gone through a judging system, so you've had to beat other girls, unless you were a state-appointed title. So, even if that title is not on the hierarchy, it's still a valid title. Um, but it's a difficult one, because it is a valid title. But then what did you do that year after that? Um, and also, how did you win? Can you apply that to other people? Um not everyone can be a coach. Not everyone can be a coach. And that's not a bad thing at all. Like, some people go to me like, I don't know how you can do it. Like, how much patience you have. Or, like, some, they, when the girl's like, oh, I bet I'm the worst one. I'm like, no. Like, you know. <laughs> and it's my job. It's my job to, to help you. And if you're getting confused, that's fine. We can talk through it. And that's what we do in the online sessions. You know, we can digest the questions. We work on your strengths and help you know, well, work on your strengths and better work on your weaknesses, um, different ways to approach it. That session is your time. Um, you know, it's trying just to defuzz all of the stuff that's in your head and whether you need it as a confidence boost, a therapy session or pageantry knowledge, you know, you should be leaving your session feeling a lot happier. Sometimes you'll feel a bit more scared, um, <laughs> especially when how close it gets, but, yeah it's it's a it's a complicated thing because as I said like how I won is not how everyone else is going to win um there are different ways you can take inspiration from some parts and I can give you inspiration from some parts but it ultimately has to come to you and this is the thing as well you can coach someone to win and they don't win but do they take all your advice um did they train with different trainers there's conflicting advice because sometimes that does happen um you told different things um or sometimes it's like well yeah like I've had coaching but am I going to apply any of that knowledge no 
sometimes that's just the end of the game. You can't force someone <laughs> to, you know, you just can't force someone to be like, yeah, this is what how you should be actually be doing it. Um, you know, you can give all the tools. And will you build a house? No, but you might build a really cool boat. Um, but if you are looking for a pageant coach, and I'm saying this as a very unbiased way, that just because I'm a coach, I'm not saying you should pick me. Um, <laughs> because I have the qualifications. Because you're not asking for qualifications, are you? Let's be honest. You're not asking for our qualifications. You're looking at what we can do for you, our prices, and and yeah, we're looking looking at that. Um, but I do urge for some research and just have a chat and see if you jam with them. Um, don't pay for like big blocks. Like taster sessions and single sessions are the best way to do it. You may think think like you're getting a good deal, um, but in the long run, it it could come to bite you in the bum. Um, so I would like you to know, like tell me what makes a good pageant coach. What makes a pageant coach? Do you think it is experience over crowns? Because I think that you could have won, you could have won even, <laughs> like 10 to 15 crowns, okay? And you have this in America a lot. UK, not so much. Um, Although, how many do I? I'm probably having about like 10 crowns in these little boxes. Um, <laughs> But like, have they been won or have they been bought for a start? That's the first question. Did you have to go through a national to go to international? Or did you just buy an international placement? Or did you buy a regional placement to go to nationals? Or did you compete in a regional? Very important to look at the actual titles because you can be amazed. And I know that when you look at things you're like, oh my God, people see the sash board that I have. They're like, wow, you've done loads of stuff. And it's like, I have, but the sash board for me is lots of my like regional titles and like side awards that I've won. Um... I haven't updated that one because I really wanted the best interview certificate in there, but um, sash even. Uh, but the, you know, like the big titles I have are in the crown cases. Um, because you know I love the sashes. I can't, I can't cut the sash and put it on a pinboard. <laughs> that would be atrocious. But you look at that, you think, wow. But then when you actually read it, you're like, oh okay. It's still impressive, <laughs> but you think that those are all my titles? Like no, I haven't competed in in a lot of pageants I'm you're basically like I don't know what you're looking at like I'm looking at my wall and you can't see that obviously because you're listening to me um <laughs> but you know like sashes and crowns aren't impressive if you like they're impressive to the the naked eye the the sparkly pageant girl like oh my god you have so many sparkles love to like to know more about them um but if half of them have been like bought that takes away like half the advice like i want to look at where you placed in those pageants did you buy a title and then not place at all in that pageant so like in each year you just keep buying it and not placing and then i'm like well how are you going to give me that advice if you're not taking your own advice it's a very thick thing there's a whole thing of when i didn't win last year and everyone was like oh my goodness and it's like yeah coaches aren't going to win 100% of the time you know you can be the best of the best and still get beat by someone who is better you know you're the best for you but you weren't the best for the pageant you know um so many ways and someone I think someone asked me you know like did you feel like you like an additional pressure like 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 you had to win I was like I only felt the pressure when it came to interview um (laughs) 
because that's what I'm known for. Um, but for me, as I said, it's it's a different experience being a competitor than being a coach. There's there's two different like it's two different approaches. Um, so a coach isn't going to win a hundred percent of the time. If they do, that's incredible. That's amazing. But there are amazing people who don't win, but are on those panels and are getting all that information. Um, and they're taking all that information. Um, and then they're applying it for you. So experience is so much better than shiny crowns and sashes. A hundred percent. But there is still that thing of how can we make pageants safer to have safe coaches where we're not just taking your money and going or not providing you the best service for that money. And also sometimes it's the expectations of you going in. Um, I know sometimes some people have expectations that you're going to like be a pro after one session and that's not the case um Rome wasn't built in a day the old saying goes um (laughs) it was not built in a day and you know sometimes things need to get built just because you're paying like if you paid 50 pound for a session just because you're paying more doesn't mean it's going to to get you there quicker it's just the experience that you pay for um timing is everything experience is everything and sometimes everyone's like well how are these pageant coaches meant to start and it's like well because they have the experience so you know there are some pageant girls in the pageant industry that people will be like I really wish you coached I really wish you did I'm going to use the example of Ruth um who is the director of IGM and she is not a pageant coach, but she does coach girls. Um, so she doesn't take any money, um, but she does coach. Um, and she has that knowledge, of course. She has crowns. Um, and she's been to internationals. We actually went to internationals the same year, just different systems. We both placed second or up. Um, and then I, I already have a baby in this year, Cleo. Um, a year later, well, obviously not a year because she fell very quickly. Uh, <laughs> so nearly a year. It was in May, gunning down near the birthday. Um, but she will offer like she she helps a lot of different pageant people. Um, but she's yeah she's not offering that service out there to everyone. And she does the amazing IGM workshops, which you should go to. The next one is September the eighteenth. Uh, down south but there are there are ones there's like a little tour going on um <laughs> but uh with with that yeah like you know you're like oh please please open your books like let's let's go have a coaching service um there are some amazing queens that just won't do it because you know it's it's not what they're interested in like and there are some that are like mm, maybe not now but if i stopped you know like ruth, ruth is an amazing director as well so she has that, she coaches her girls, like, you don't have too much on your plate, <laughs> especially being a mum, oh my goodness, um, but yeah, there are some girls in the pageant industry, which people were screaming out to start coaching, um, and, and for some people, it is a natural progression, but as I did, it's not just a, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do this, like, you have to, to know that it's going to be a journey you have to have that patience you have to have those qualities um because before when I started I started 
property coaching in 2019. Um, but I coached a lot of Wiltshire girls beforehand and did face-to-face and used... Um, because I worked in the gym, I got to use the studio, which had mirrors, it was a large space, it was gorgeous. Um, such a good space. Um, but yeah, like, um, I got to, to do all that, and then I officially opened my books in 2019. Like, I had the experience behind me by then, and I wanted to make sure I had that, because, um, obviously by then, so 2019, yeah, so by then I'd won... Miz and I was queen of queens um but I wasn't meant to coach or advertise coaching I don't know if that's changed now um but I did open it (laughs) I was determined to be a pageant coach at that point because I was giving out so much advice I was writing I think we just started writing the manual then because it got released at the end of 2019 um and yeah like it was just a natural progression for me to include that in to be a bit more involved in pageantry and you know to have a little side hustle <laughs> just a little one um and, you know obviously like sparkles and Rhinestones has grown much more than i ever expected it to and i'm forever thankful for that but you know for others it, it you have to have that passion for it because like for me when i was PTing, i had a passion for it but i think i started to lose it and I fell pregnant, um, because so, <laughs> I was like, I was actually going to go into management, and then I fell pregnant, so I had to stay at the gym I was working at, um, <clears throat> and then I couldn't return because of, you know, the health complications of having a child, um, for me anyways, like, the, the, what I had and what happened, and obviously what's followed since then, um, but yeah, so it's it's having that passion there because like if you're coaching all these different girls, you need to have that same enthusiasm. Like you have to bring it to every session, you know. And sometimes that that can be draining. You it can be very much draining. And I have realised that I've gone so on about this. There's so many different points. Um, but yeah, not everyone can take on the role, and if they can, like some people just don't want to. Like every person's pageant journey is different um some people might choose to have their friends but also remember like if they're giving their time for free like repay that like you don't have to pay them but like repay that kindness um a lot of people in the pageant industry will just take free advice and take free time and then just never like it's you know it's the person's kindness so like i'm not saying that they the person expects it back like sometimes it's just a common courtesy or respect isn't it because I had that with the interviews, um, not pageant interviews because we charge for those, but you know, well, some people did, some people would have their sessions and not pay for them. They <clears throat> go, Oh no, I'm trying to do this, never, we'll never do that again, or 24 hours before and not pay. Whereas now I'm like, You have to pay as soon as possible, otherwise, that slot may not be held for you anymore. Um, but some people take free time, like interviews. And then just don't message so they're not turning up or, or something else. There's no different layers to all. Um, but anyways, apart from all that, <laughs> apart from all that, um, always choose someone who has the experience. And so experience and crowns will go hand in hand. Um, but crowns don't make a, a pageant coach. Um, the same as crowns don't make a queen. And that sounds really funny, doesn't it? Like, because that's the whole emphasis of a queen. They have a crown on their head. But just because they have a crown on their head doesn't make them a queen. Like, it's the actions they do and it's what they're doing with that title. Because there are many pretty girls that win crowns 
and sashes and don't do nothing and you know those pictures are more for modeling you know like a queen is someone who is working hard with that title and i don't mean hard as they're going every single place everywhere because there are different levels different levels to it all um but apart from that it's been a long time talking so we have these sparkle discussions coming up next month and i am looking to get more in as well so if you want to suggest people um and it's not just like a one-time thing i want a lot more conversations happening maybe certain things that are happening in the pageant industry um 100 for sure i need to message a couple of people um we also be having pageant con and an event that's coming in march i'm just waiting on times because the venue is is booked so that's all good. I need to chase it up today. It's on my list. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this really long podcast. If you got to the end, you deserve a cookie. I'm not going to get one for you, but you deserve one, should you have. Um, <laughs> we will have a lot more different discussions and podcasts. Anything in particular, um, please drop me a message. But I think that, yeah, we need to, we need to talk a lot more on this podcast and get more stuff out there so anything that you want to know or want to be talked about tell me girls right i'm off now to probably watch drag race and chop up more interview cards uh, and then appearance books um that's definitely going to be a, a podcast i think we have done a what counts as an appearance but like the perfect appearance book that's also going to be a video it's just so much so much to plan so little time um but have a good day wherever you are um and yeah, stay amazing.